We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week. I'm Blair Andrews. My co-host is Hassan Rahim. Hassan, how's it going? Oh man, uh, you know, it goes the same. This was uh, this was just a kind of a rough week. Even when it feels like you're winning, you're kind of losing just because of how poor in quality the uh, the afternoon games were. But I'm really excited. We actually have a guest this week. That's right. We have a uh, an excellent guest joining us today. Um, with us today is Matt Jones. He's the host of the On the Daily podcast, a featured DFS writer here at Rotoviz as well. He is also a contributor to Bet the Prop and Sharp Football. You can follow him on Twitter if you aren't already at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, thanks for joining us. How's it going? It's going. We're uh, I'm sitting here watching the uh, the Chiefs game. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to record with a uh, actual football game going on. We do on the daily on Wednesday nights. So, uh, I'm usually, usually just sitting here, uh, staring at my monitor. So, uh, it's, uh, it's a pleasure <laughs> to join you guys because, uh, this is, this is one of my, my first listens, uh, each week. So I, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, really good to get you on, get your take on some of these news items. Uh, we can just jump right into the first one. Baker Mayfield completed 25 of 33 passes for 334 yards and four touchdowns in the Titans 41-35 week 13 win. Sorry, the Browns 41-35 week 13 win against the Titans. So Matt, do you think Mayfield will close out this season strong? And what are you expecting for the offense as a whole down the stretch? Yeah, I mean, as as good as this performance was, I feel like it's not really what they like want to do. <laughs> so um, they they're second from the bottom of the league in neutral script pass rate. So like you're already talking about a team that doesn't really want to throw that much in the first place, uh, and they're going to play Baltimore, the Giants, the Jets, and the Eagles down the stretch. Um, seems like they'll be ahead probably pretty easily in at least two of those games, probably three. And then it just depends like if Baltimore is back from, back from uh quarantine or whatever by then. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have that high of hopes. I don't think he's, uh, necessarily going to be, I mean, he's obviously not doing this every week, but, um, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to feel like overly confident in him moving forward just cause I don't think the game script or the philosophy is going to lead to this game, this type of game, uh, that often. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, the thing, the thing about like Baker, at least in this, in this game was he could have had like 500 plus yards. Uh, he looked really good just sort of rolling out, hitting these open receivers. Keep in mind, most of his receivers are really poor. And I include Jarvis Landry in that, um, <laughs> caliber as well. I don't think he's anything that's, uh, you know, a, a transcendent and transcendental playmaker. Uh, you know, he's getting, I mean, a lot of that yardage, a chunk yardage came on this one long Donovan Peoples Jones touchdown. Now, if you don't know who Donovan Peoples Jones is, it doesn't matter. Um, like I said, <laughs> just not very good. <laughs> it's a supporting wide receiver talent. This is a team that loves running the football. Um, and it's actually interesting because it's really like, you know, on, on, on one hand, we were told it's Dehember. And on the other hand, you're seeing what a kind of a game flow dependent sort of hammer back can do in Nick Chubb, right? Like, like Chubb is Derrick Henry, maybe better catching, pass catching abilities, but like, you know, I mean, you're really comparing like really minutia there. But, you know, so you're getting to see what Chubb can do, at least when given a lead. And man, it's, it's, it's genuinely kind of fun to watch if you enjoy that kind of stuff, uh, or at least watching, you know, a guy make these ridiculous plays on, on the ground just from an athleticism standpoint. Baker, in my opinion, has always kind of been good. It's just the way the, the, you know, he's kind of forced into, at, at the very least, playing through a more quote unquote pro style offense, where as opposed to this, hair on fire uh, type of play, which which makes it fun. Um, as, as someone who had like Baker Mayfield, Austin Hooper, Derek, Derek Henry stacks, uh, I am uh, not a particularly happy guy because uh, as I mentioned, only Baker was the one that, that, that went off and uh, you know, Derek Henry today, not, not that great. Matt, uh, out of curiosity here, like what do you think, uh, you know, will you, ever consider Nick Chubb to be a cash viable running back or, or what are we doing here? I mean, I, I think, I think he probably, uh, I considered him this week. I of course decided that it was imperative to, to just smash in cook Henry and Eckler into the same lineup, uh, for my cash team. That is, uh, I don't even know if I hit triple digits to be completely honest. So maybe I'm not the best person to ask this question, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think that he, he can be, uh, it really is, it's pretty price dependent and he's probably at the, the top of my, um, comfortability as far as that goes. Like if he, you know, if he's 7,500 or pushes into 8K, like I don't think you can because of the, uh, because of the lack of receiving work, uh, most weeks, but I do think, um, that if he sort of stays in that, in that low 7k range, uh, you know, depending on the rest of the slate, I do think that he should be in consideration for, uh, for, D- for DFS just every single week, um, regardless of if it's, if it's DraftKings or I would imagine that you would have to say that he's a, a better play on FanDuel, but, um, you know, that, that's just, who knows what to do on FanDuel if, uh, if any of you have seen the, uh, the Sunday Millionaire winner. Um, uh, apparently you could just do whatever the hell you want on, on FanDuel. So. Wait, well, what, what website is that? FanDuel? I've never heard of it. Um, is it new? Brand new. Yeah, no, uh, the, the, the thing that's like really, uh, at least from my perspective that I really need to get like, get my head wrapped around is where uh, this has been, I mean, a really, really tough year uh, from a running back perspective, or at least figuring out what the right salary range is, right? It's not like, it's not like what we had for the last couple of years where you really just wanted to cram in uh, CMC and Saquon and all these guys who, you know, are getting like, you know, five to six targets in the passing game. And then they're getting like 30 touches a game. Like, you know, um, 
Henry doesn't fit that bill, right? Even even in like positive script, right? Like you really are hoping that he's going to be this dude that can just run through a brick wall. And I, I guess Chubb doesn't have that appeal either because they just go to Hunt, right? Um, but meanwhile, Hunt's in this like ridiculous salary range and he's always been priced up all week to where you just don't want to to put him in any lineups. And even from a season long or dynasty perspective, um, I'm just, I have zero interest in Hunt, like really as a start. Like I just, you you don't know when to really start him and he doesn't get you anything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at, like... Hunt, they, they don't know what to do. Uh, they don't know what to do with his price, uh, on DraftKings. Like it's, it's been all over the map. Obviously, uh, when, when Chubb wasn't there, he, he just slots in at Chubb's price. But, uh, even, even like now that Chubb is back, he's gone, you know, he swings like $1,200 up and down in salary every single week. Like they literally, they just have no idea what to do with him. And, uh, I, I just, I don't really ever see a situation where I like absolutely, um, feel like I need to get him in. Like a couple of weeks ago, he was, he was 6,700. Um, and that was with, with Chubb in the lineup. And now he was 5,400. Like, and next week, who the hell knows? Like he could be, he could be 6,100 and Chubb could be 6,800 and people are going to play, people are going to play Hunt for some reason. Um, yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I think I think that that's just that kind of uh, what you know archetype or whatever is just somebody that I will always stay away from in DFS, especially. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm I'm definitely with you uh, with you there, especially on a price sensitive sensitivity standpoint. And here's another guy who's been priced up pretty much all year, finally coming through today. Um, Major flop lag from last week. Darren Waller got 13 of 17 targets for 200 yards and two touchdowns in the Raiders' week 13 win over the Jets. You know, he's become the sixth tight end in NFL history to ever do this. And this is, you know, a career high game for him. But it's also, you know, the best fantasy performance at the tight end position all season long. And this, despite the fact that we've got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, you know, what are your expectations for Darren Waller for the rest of the season? And, you know, just in general, the, the, the Raiders is passing attack. What are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, as far as Waller goes, like he's, he's a guy that I, um, it's, it's well documented that I do not ever get him right. Um, was, was all over him when he had like six points, uh, last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was. And now, of course, uh, I, you know, I just, just couldn't, couldn't possibly find the salary to, uh, <laughs> to get to him. And, um, you know, he has a, a historical output. Um, like tight end is obviously garbage, like all over the place. Like there's, there hasn't been, um, there haven't been many weeks where it made sense to pay up for tight end in DFS. And in general, it's like, who are you, who, who are you playing on your, think about your season long team right now. Who are you playing at tight end? And it's probably one of a group of like 15 guys who are going to score the same exact amount of points every single week. And it's, uh, there, there's just not really, uh, there's just not really a ton. Um, that's, that's exciting about playing tight ends right now. Uh, as far as, uh, this, like, I'm actually curious how, where would this game rank? Like, by itself against like tight end results. I feel like it would be like a tight end too somewhere <laughs> compared to everybody. Like he probably scored more points today than like oh. Zach Ertz <laughs> had uh, all year so far, or like definitely more than like Herb Smith. Like, they, like he literally just uh, single-handedly climbed up the tight end leaderboard. Um, as far as like the rest of the season, this is sort of another situation where, uh, like compared to Cleveland, like they just, they don't really feel, uh, they don't really want to throw that much. I, I don't want to get these, uh, you know, these inconsistent pieces of these super small pies and, and try to figure it out. Like the, the wide receiver situation is just a mess. Um, it, Waller himself sort of lives in that like six to eight target range most of the time, which for, for a tight end is great, especially this year. Um, but he's definitely, you know, he, he's definitely all over the place too. Like he, 
he has thinkers in him uh on a very regular basis. Uh so I, I don't really like you're you're happy for the ceiling plays uh that you get from him, but you also have to be ready for um you know like the the six point seven <laughs> points from a couple weeks ago or whatever it was. Yeah. I'm just sorry you were saying uh, I was just looking at this some um, at the strength of said strength of schedule streaming app, um, pulling up tight ends here, and noticing that Kansas City has one of the hardest schedules coming up over the next three weeks for tight ends, like the third hardest. I'm wondering, Las Vegas is kind of in the middle, top twelve ish. I'm wondering whether you would potentially have Waller ahead of. Kelsey rest of season. I mean, I I think that I'm trying to trying to phrase this. I think that the <laughs> the most the most likely situation is um is that Kelsey finds a way regardless of uh regardless of the the matchups that he's facing. I think that at the same time, I also think that it's a lot closer um, than than I probably would have thought it would be, say, like two weeks ago or something, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like that that gap is definitely closer now than than it was. But I I still think um, just by virtue of of the offense in general, just the way that they uh, the way that the Chiefs can can string these these touchdowns together. And you know, you look at <clears throat> you look at Las Vegas and you see a game like. Uh, like last week where there's just, there's just nothing going on. Um, I, I'm very curious. I, I wish we could like go in an alternate reality for today and like see if Jacobs plays like what, what the, that mm-hmm. game looked like. Um, yeah. Not that like, I'm not saying that like Jacobs, like, you know, one target a game is, is impacting that, but just like from a, from a game, uh, game planning perspective, I, I feel like that game doesn't happen. I don't think that he gets. I don't think that he gets 17 targets in a game uh, that that Jacobs is active. Yeah, and I'm I'm genuinely with you. Also, what was helping? I mean, really drive this was the fact that they were getting the piss beaten out of them by the New York Football <laughs> Jets, right? Like the like the like the Jets scored quite like they were leading at various points in this game, which. For those of you not following at home, the Jets were 0 and 11 coming into this, <laughs> and Oakland will be damned if they're gonna go 1 and 11. So, um, you know, they they gotta do something. And this is kind of, I mean, like given how bad Derek Carr looked last week, right? Like he he didn't really look all that good from most of the game either until like the end. It is interesting watching um, Henry Ruggs coming on a little bit. They still gave 11 targets to Nelson Aguilar, who turned that into four receptions for 38 yards. <laughs> so, I mean, man, that's a Nelson Aguilar stat line right there. <laughs> but, yeah, do you think, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs, for example, is someone that you have any interest in in season long, uh, you know, in redraft as someone to pick up as a, as a, as a end of the bench type of flyer for, for game environments that could be potential shootouts? For the Raiders, and especially during the playoffs, I mean, sure, I get. I don't know. Like, he's still only got four <laughs> targets today. Like, the he's gonna he's gonna have these games, um, but like how how much you want to be relying on that now that we're in the fantasy playoffs is is probably. Uh, it, I, I'm hoping that you have uh, better. Better options, and I'm assuming that you know people that are listening to this show probably have pretty strong uh, receiver course. So I'm I'm hoping that that nobody's having to do this. Uh, it, you know, like he he's rostered in in my like main leagues. Uh, I don't think I would have picked him up uh, if I saw him on the waivers this week, even though I just lost Fuller and had Godwin on a buy uh, in my main team. So. Um, I would really like, you know, if if we were sitting here and he saw Aguilar's target share, then sure. But um, 
I think you're just you're just relying on that big play, which he's obviously proven that he can make, but it's it's not something that I'm willing to uh to to put in a starting lineup in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he'll have these games like this, but even if you even if you did pick him up, it would be hard to feel confident starting him in any week. Um because, uh, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have predicted this sort of game script today, even with Jacobs out, I think. Yeah, like he he hasn't even, I just pulled it up, he hasn't even had a wide receiver one uh, perform. I mean, I guess, I guess in week five he probably was like wide receiver 13, so I guess that's kind of like cheating a little bit. But um, <laughs> it's, you know, the, the last six weeks he hasn't had double-digit uh, fantasy points. So, um, I, I think that maybe there's a, there's a situation where that role grows and he could maybe be pretty useful next year. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't see myself slotting him into any of my lineups, uh, right now. All right. Before we get into our game this week, let's take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And we're going to be playing fantasy, believe it or not. Hassan, you want to remind us of the rules for this game? Yeah, but we're so close to the end. It doesn't matter where their real positional finish is. So um, usually it would be whether they finish as a wide receiver two, running back two, tight end one or better quarterback one but you know we're so close the results are pretty much in points don't matter anymore let's say playoff playoff wide receiver two, playoff running back two or something yeah, like that, next three weeks that'd be that'd be a good that'd be a good way to put it so i guess that's the spin we're doing on it now all right playoff fantasy believe it or not first item up jonathan taylor rushed 13 items for 91 yards in the colts week 13 win over the texans adding three receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown yeah, I mean they they made this effort uh to to get him involved uh and then he unfortunately had to miss the game last week. Um but yeah, I think what's what's the threshold in RB2? I think for sure um over the next few weeks I think he'll he'll definitely uh he'll definitely be there. They they clearly want to involve him uh and they're going to be playing um you know, over the next few weeks, they're going to be playing in probably similar uh, game scripts. I don't really see a situation necessarily where they're, uh, you know, either just completely blowing somebody out or getting blown out. I think they are going to play in close games, and that's going to necessitate him being on the field. Yeah, and I think I, I think I think you're right. I mean, you could honestly pencil him in for like a running back one rest of the season. I think for the playoffs, if only because three targets in like a game that was pretty close fought is pretty good uh, for a rookie. You know, who for a very long time <laughs> just looked completely at sea, right? Um, so it's interesting. It's also exciting to see Hines remain involved even around the goal line. Uh, I guess I guess the team's finally realizing that 
you know, throwing to guys like Jack Doyle and Zach Pascal is just not getting it done. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. If you're a Taylor owner, are you worried, though, about Hines getting that carry at the five-yard line? Yeah. You have to be, right? Like, it, every time every time you're running back, at least the guy who you thought was going to be um, an every down, you know, pretty much high leverage touch guy is is seeding work to uh, however tall and big uh, Naheem Hines is. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, he's, he's a pretty small dude, if I remember correctly, and he's also not that fast from a game perspective. His, uh, his, his, his timed 40 was, uh, was, was pretty impressive, but he's, for some reason, he looks slower on the field. You know, it, it, it should be, it should be a little concerning, but, um, and this is a team that really is hurting for any form of playmaking talent. And the fact that, uh, you know, Hines is getting it done is, is, is exciting, right? Like, what, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, um, I, I I think that Taylor probably has uh, a good thirty pounds on Heinz uh, would be would be my <laughs> conservative uh, estimate. Um, yeah, I mean it's it, that's definitely frustrating. Um, I, I I saw that uh, that Heinz had scored the touchdown, but I I don't know necessarily the situation. I wasn't watching that game. Um, you know that that led to him. Uh, getting that carry, but it seems like they, uh, it it seems like they have they don't really, um, they they didn't really involve Wilkins much, uh, which is probably the better the better sign. Like there's always going to be another running back around, um, but I think that if if he's taking over more of that other role, I think Taylor's going to be just fine. Tua Tagovailoa completed 26 of 39 passes for 296 yards and a touchdown in the Dolphins' is a Week 13 win over the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, so I, I was just looking at their uh, their schedule through the rest of the playoffs. So they play the Chiefs next week, which will probably uh, which will probably mean that they have to throw quite a bit, regardless of what their philosophy is. Then they play the Patriots. Uh, and then they play the Raiders. So we're not really, you know, we're not staring down the, the 85 Bears at any point, uh, down the stretch for him. Um, it's again, one of the, one of those situations where you probably already have, uh, you probably already have a better option if you're still in, uh, you know, if you're not eliminated yet. But, um, I don't really see a reason why he couldn't at least be, in the QB one conversation through the next three weeks based on that schedule. I think that there's a good, there's a good chance that the, uh, that chiefs game, uh, next week is, is pretty decent for him. And then, um, you know, moving forward, I think that he, I think that he should be fine. Like the fact that he almost hit the bonus this week is, is great. And then the, he only, he did this with only one touchdown. Um, so if he could string a couple of touchdowns together, and they they're not afraid. I don't know if you guys saw the game. They they popped up on red zone a couple of times. They are not afraid to uh, throw from the two yard line uh, on you know first or second or third on third and goal. They love throwing to Shaheen or some like random person you've never heard of uh, in the end zone. Like they they were just they were not willing to let uh, Gaskin help me uh, earn American dollars today. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a shame. I think we should. Hmm? I was saying, I think we should talk about how Lynn Bowden had four targets yeah. in this game. Is he finally going to be a thing for the playoffs? Well, I mean, he caught all four of them, um, which is a good sign. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, when you when you start looking through the actual um, receiver core for this squad, it's not good. Like, it's very not good, right? And and we've discussed this before, but Devontae Parker is also very not good. Right? Like, he's just not the kind of guy who, people need to readjust their priors on, 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 on Parker downwards. Like, he's a, he's a, he was a very good prospect. It's just, it's just clear that who he was last year as like the sole target hog, as Fitzpatrick is his, you know, his 99th percentile outcome, realistically, in my opinion. Guys like Jakeem Grant, 
could pro- probably be a little bit on notice here. I think if, if Bowden's coming on, I think he's going to be interesting. I don't know if I want to roster any of these guys though. Tua seems to be pretty, pretty good at spreading the ball out a little bit. And, um, I'm not going to lie, losing, losing some of those uh, Gaskin goal line, goal line looks uh, was pretty tilting. I mean, when you can, when you can run that stupid formation for the, for the fake field goal, you just have to, <laughs> you just have to figure out a way to do it. Against the Bengals of all teams who are playing some combination of Brandon Allen and Ryan Finley. <laughs> you just have to do it. You gotta, you to gotta find it. a way to, uh, to burn that play in, in a game against a two win team for sure. It's just, yeah, it's just, uh, really, I am optimistic on Tua's longer term outlook. It's just, I'm really, this team needs to focus on, on the other side of the ball. Like, uh, you know, we, before the show, we were talking about this a little bit about the Browns, but these are two teams that have, you know, ostensibly very exciting quarterback prospects. And they're being just asked to throw to just, I don't know, man, just like randos. Right, like they don't really have these like high quality NFL caliber, you know, alpha wideouts. Um, it's a bit of a chicken and egg issue, right? But like, look, I mean, if you were if you were um, a quarterback, you'd like to be throwing to uh, any of these studly younger wide receivers and and not have to look at you know Mac Hollins, cast away from the Eagles, right? Like. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the Dolphins don't really have, like you said, they're not, they're not exactly loaded at wide receiver. So, you know, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, it is a problem for sure. Well, luckily they have like 17 first round picks coming up. So hopefully they can, uh, they can figure that out. (laughs) Marvin Jones caught eight of 12 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown in week 13 against Chicago. I mean, this is, this is, this has to be Hassan's favorite player, right? Like, uh, we all, we all are well aware of the love that, uh, that Hassan has for Marvin Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, look, if this, if they're gonna, if they're gonna have him, uh, Stafford throw the ball 40 times and, and Galladay isn't gonna be around, uh, I mean, it's, it's Jones and it's Jones and Hawkinson, right? Like, uh, we've seen Jones have these games before, but he, uh, he literally has had nine wide receiver three games this year. And, uh, a lot of them have been, have been ugly. Uh, I'm not, I'm not totally willing to believe that this is just a thing that's going to keep happening. Um, so I guess I, I don't really believe it. Um, I think there's a good chance that he has one of these games in the playoffs, maybe, but I think that there's a very good chance that he has at least two just complete and utter duds, uh, because I think that's just the nature of, of his role and him as, uh, as a player in the year 2020. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, you know, left unsaid, at least in this news blurb is the fact that Swift was also out for three of those four games. Right. Um, you're just not getting, you know, a viable check down option in, in Swift. I mean, carry on Johnson saw three targets today. Adrian Peterson saw one. How many, like, I mean, Swift probably sees like a, about that much, uh, maybe a little bit more. They even gave Jamal Agnew like two targets, right? Um, yeah. And he got stuffed on that, that end around. Uh, yep. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was, that was pretty rough. He, Literally just could have twisted his body and he decided to try to run somebody over. And, uh, you know, speaking, speaking of small gentlemen, uh, Jamal Agnew is, is a tiny guy. Yeah. He's like, not five really ten, the trucking right? type. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like 5'10. Um, yeah, 5'10, 190. And they switched him to running back. Just, just a <laughs> brilliant decision. Wait, he's literally, he's literally Naheem Hines. Like, they're the same size. Yeah, like, 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 like these are guys who would weigh more wet, right? Like, um, and even then, it's like nothing compared to like a real goal line back. But on, on Galladay, I'm just like interested in the fact, like, it's 
I mean, it's, it is a lost season for Detroit, right? This was just a big uh, rivalry game against the Bears. Um, please, dear God, get one more win so I can at least book that Detroit Lions over five and a half uh, wins future <laughs> that I that, that I played on like February of last year. Um, if they would have got rid of Pat- Patricia earlier, they probably would have uh, would have cleared that already. For sure, but but like, <laughs> or if Swift I mean, didn't blow that one game, either way. Oh yeah, that's right. The, the first one, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this it, it, with Marvin Jones, I'm with you because it's like he's like boom bust ish, right? And and but like um, with Galladay back, he's just gonna slide back to two in that like wide receiver two, wide receiver three role, and there might just not be enough enough uh, work to go around up. The only thing is, you know, much like with Tua's schedule, like the Lions are playing um, the Packers, the Titans, and the Buccaneers. Uh, all three of those are those games you could probably just see them uh, trailing for, and I can also see myself not getting that win total over four. So this is all great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you look at you know you figure Galladay comes back and he gets those twelve targets as the wide receiver one, and Hawkinson still gets his nine. Uh, you're, you know, you're splitting up probably Cephas and Sanu's workload because Amendola is still going to see a few targets every week. And then, you know, you're in like that range that he's been in all year, that, that five, maybe six targets. Uh, and then you're just praying for a touchdown and that's not, uh, that's not the best place to be. Kiki QT got eight of nine targets for 141 yards and the Texans is week. 13, did they win? I can't tell. Uh, week 13, lost to the Colts. <laughs> I lost yeah. sight of the, I lost sight of the show sheet. Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, they, um, they, they did lose, uh, you know, just, they seemed like they maybe had, had something, uh, something put together in the beginning of the game and then just kind of forgot how to score, uh, in the second half, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, you're you're talking about uh, a receiver for uh, Deshaun Watson led offense. Like, I, I know Fuller's not there now, um, but I I see this I see this split going this way uh, the rest of the rest of the the season. Like, he I think it's a pretty fair take to say he probably doesn't have a 64 yard reception and go for 141 every week. Um, but you know, even even if you were to, uh, you know, to to make that a more reasonable, sustainable, like long longest catch of the day, you're still looking at you know eight catches is is nothing to sneeze at, and it's definitely, um, I think it's definitely doable with the way that their offense is structured. So that I, I would assume that that definitely gets him into the the wide receiver two conversation, um. You know, and if they decide that they don't want to throw the ball to Chad Hansen seven times, uh, he could even have a bigger role. Who knows? I had no idea who this guy was, and I clicked on his like link, and I still don't know who he is. <laughs> it says it didn't, it didn't clear anything up for you. <laughs> he looks. Is he went exactly, to on the Jets? What was that? Didn't he used to be on the Jets? He's someone who the Jets didn't want. Yeah, yeah, but like he he went to Cal, <laughs> but he looks like literally every stereotypical like surfer guy you'd see in like the teen rom coms from like yeah. the, like the late two thousand early two thousands. I was just gonna say like he <laughs> looks exactly like you think a Chad Hansen would look. <laughs> this guy could be an extra on the OC, right? Like, oh, for like sure. I'm not. He like, probably he could, was right. Like, like what are we doing here? Why is he getting so many targets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, does this performance with Kuti and Hansen, is it encouraging at all for, if you, you know, owners of Deshaun Watson down the stretch that he's still putting up these yards? I mean, one thing we have research from Fantasy Douche from years ago that talks about how, I think it's Fantasy Douche, but anyway, how yards and receptions are pretty replaceable, but touchdowns are hard to replace when the guy who's scoring them, the receiver who's scoring them goes out. It's hard to find those elsewhere. So we kind of saw that today. I wonder what you make of this performance uh, as it regards Watson's future. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not worried. Um, 
about Watson in general. Like the, if he's, you know, the, the yardage is there. Um, I, I feel like the touchdowns will, will likely come. You figure he did add a rushing touchdown, uh, on the ground and David Johnson for some reason still exists. And he also, uh, got a touchdown in this game. So, um, <laughs> theoretically, and like I said before, like, they just stopped scoring in the second half. Um, whether I'm sure some of that is on, uh, Watson with the pick with, uh, you know, taking five sacks, whatever it is. Um, but I, I think that, um, I, I would still feel very, very comfortable playing Watson, uh, regardless of, of matchup or whatever else I would definitely still be playing. Keenan Allen caught five of 11 passes for 48 scoreless yards in the Chargers week 13 loss to the Patriots. Yeah. I mean the, this, so my, my red zone uh, channel stopped working for some reason before the four o'clock game. So I was stuck watching the giants uh, the, the, the whole time in the afternoon, but just pulling up and, and just getting these alerts of like the Patriots winning 45, nothing <laughs> and, um, you know, Herbert through to, uh, it's gotta be a dozen people got targets this week. Tyron Johnson got in there. Uh, Steven Anderson, KJ Hill, like you, you just have to, you have to include these guys, uh, in your game plan for sure. If you are, uh, Anthony Lynn, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's going to keep getting these, he's, he's never going to not see this number of targets. Uh, and he should do, uh, do a ton more with them, hopefully in the future. But he is somebody who you should be confidently playing. Um, if only for the reason that like Herbert is going to throw 50 times a week, uh, without pretty much without exception. They, they only had 15 rush attempts, uh, this week. Obviously they were in catch up mode, but I think even when, uh, when things are a little tighter than than a forty five point deficit, that he'll still be throwing quite a bit. Yeah, I mean the the team got punched in the mouth like on that first like uh, special teams touchdown, and they never really recovered. Even before then, Anthony Lynn just looked completely lost at sea. Like he was just calling these like running plays, like on first and second and third, and he was just alternating between Eckler and Balaj, which is just I mean just just a great way to waste time and. And, you know, you really want to do that against the Patriots when you, you, you know, just because why not? Um, then they were giving Jalen Guyton targets. They were giving, uh, you know, KJ Hill, Steven Anderson, you know, just a bunch of guys who you probably knew were in the NFL but couldn't tell me they paid for the Chargers, except for Jalen Guyton, I guess. But seven targets, come on. I'm with you on, on Keenan. This was just a very disappointing outcome. There's a disappointing game all around for the Chargers who really need to move on from Lynn. I mean, we've discussed this ad nauseum, but, and like Anthony Lynn's also saying that he confidently expects to be the head coach tomorrow, which I don't know, buddy, you didn't really do any coaching. So in that, in that regard, I'm also the head coach tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't see that he said that, but that sounds like it's not a good sign. I mean, if somebody has to ask the question, right? Like, Right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, if this is what you're going to do, like, look, there's like guys who play Madden, like, and they run on first, second, and third, and they're able to put up a lot of points on you, right? And I know this because I've lost that way a lot uh, in Madden, and while also being like abused by like, a, you know, a 12 year old kid, um, like, like on the voice chat thing. So it's just, you know, all around a great experience. Anthony Lynn is absolutely not that 12 year old kid that's stomping, curb stomping me. He's the guy who's out there, like, really, honestly, maximizing the loss probability for the Chargers. Like, the guy just doesn't, I, I'm convinced he's living in a separate reality when, when, when he's watching these games, right? Like, when he's calling these plays, there's just no, there's no other explanation. So what you're saying is you're the Anthony Lynn of Madden. Yeah, I'm just, I, I don't even know what I am of Madden. I'm probably more like the Adam Gase of Madden. There you go. 
Cam Akers rushed 21 times for 72 yards and a touchdown, and he caught his lone target for 22 yards in the Rams' Week 13 win over the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, I think, God, I mean, I, I hope that this is something that we can, we can start to rely on because, uh, I, well, let's, let's go with this first. I'm a little hesitant because I believe Henderson, uh, picked up a knee injury during this game and he really didn't see the field, uh, at all. He only looks like he got six opportunities during the game and, um, yeah, if I think that if the Rams are willing to to lean on Acres, I think that he's going to be uh he, he's going to be just fine through the playoffs. Um, they can obviously score points. They're going to be in uh high scoring and positive scripts. Uh, I I would say more often than not. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm buying in on this. I think that he I think he's definitely uh like a could be a fringe RB1 uh, through the playoffs. All right, let's move on to regular news item number three. Russell Wilson completed 27 of 43 passes for 263 yards and a touchdown and also an interception in the Seahawks 17 to 12 week 13 loss against the Giants. Um, the Seahawks offense looked lost against the Giants this week who were starting Colt McCoy. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Seahawks offense for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, just something has just gone horribly wrong here. Um, <clears throat> he, Russell Wilson looks, uh, I don't know if he looks like shell shocked or I, I don't know. He, he did not have, I mean, this is, this is just like my dumb lizard brain and like I am not a film, I am not a film person, but because I was forced to watch this entire game. Uh, by my cable provider, uh, we, uh, you know, I, I got this, I got to see this whole thing in action, but he just looks, uh, like supremely nervous, uh, w- which is probably a function of the offensive line to a certain extent. Um, I don't know how they fix it. Like <clears throat> he needs to be better. They need to stop throwing it to Carlos Hyde and DJ Dallas and, uh, Jacob Hollister at like the fact that those, those three guys plus Disley and more accounted for like 50% of, uh, Russ Wilson's completions today is, uh, a travesty. Uh, and it's an assault on football as we know it. Uh, they, they should just be peppering Metcalf with targets. Uh, and they just, like why why are you not just throwing it to DK Metcalf? Like you've seen what he can do. I don't understand. Like he will fix all of these problems. There's no reason that he should go uh, a close game like this and uh, only have only have eight targets. Like if they give him twelve targets, they win this game. I'm I'm thoroughly convinced of that. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's not even like he was he was bad with his targets, right? I mean he. He didn't score, but 80 yards on eight <clears throat> targets. I mean, I think people thought coming into this game he had kind of a tough cornerback matchup, which is something that seems to maybe be a little meaningful for him. It's probably noise, but um, yeah, it was weird to see them not go his way more for sure. Wait, who who Metcalf like in a in a tough cornerback matchup? I read that somewhere. No, whoever read, whoever wrote that's wrong. It's it's a really bad matchup for the cornerback, not for Metcalf. Well, any any matchup with Metcalf is bad for the cornerback, but yeah, this is this is just uh, the Seahawks as a like coaching staff has been pretty vocal about um, reestablishing the run, which is always great when you want to hear, right? Um, so, I mean, the way I see Russell Wilson's season and like the fact that is, in my opinion, his MVP, why his MVP candidacy, candidacy is completely faded. Well, frankly, it should be dead after this one. Is is you know he started the season off, he was like a tremendous chef. Now the goddamn pilot light on the stove has gone out, right? Like, like that's, that's where we're at with this offense, right? I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of like Matt said, just like throw to DK Metcalf. I mean, just earlier we talked about Darren Waller and like how, how the Raiders just kept going to him. And the fact that the Seahawks just don't do that with Metcalf is just, it's, it's mind blowing. Six targets to Chris Carson and then 
and then three to DJ Dallas and Carlos Hyde as if throwing to your running backs is the solution when you're trailing against the New York football giants who are playing Colt McCoy. Yeah, I mean like this like it's 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 legitimately um wild to me. And and again, like like James Bradbury, he's the size of a toothpick compared to like like DK Metcalf. Like what like these guys really um the Seahawks specifically are incredibly bad when they trail by you know approximately a touchdown. They're so bad when they're forced to actually have to play catch up. Um and it just shows that you know Russ's brilliance really keeps them afloat in like the really hard times when they're when they're forced to actually play against teams who kind of know how to play in coverage like we talked about a little bit with the Giants earlier. This is you know it's a pretty big leak in their game. It's it's really they really are going to need to hit some really strong variants, I think, to to um, have a shot if they make it as you know into the Super Bowl because they're going to be facing facing a pretty you know like the AFC is looking pretty pretty tough. Uh, this could be a you know like if they have Super Bowl playoff <clears throat> dreams, they got to figure this stuff out now. I don't know. Well, they get to face the Jets next week, so no. Uh... No better time to figure it out, I suppose. Yeah, 35 carries for Chris Carson coming right up. (laughs) Jalen Hurts completed five of 12 passes for 109 yards and one touchdown and one interception. The Eagles is week 13 loss against the Packers. You know, it just seems that the Eagles are done with with Wentz, who hit the bench at the start of the third quarter. Matt, do you think that the Eagles are going to be using Hurts for the rest of the season? And if so, what's the outlook here for for the Eagles' offense? Well, uh, Peterson was asked, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Peterson was asked, uh, after the game and he needs to go watch the tape to, uh, to make a decision. So that shows you where, uh, where Peterson is at <laughs> right now. Um, <clears throat> look, he, it's a very, very difficult situation for them because they are just going to be completely demolished, uh, uh, if Carson Wentz can't figure it out from like a cap perspective, right? Like I was looking at it before he's, if for some reason they were to cut him, uh, he's going to be like almost 60 million, uh, against the cap. If they do it before June 1st, like that's just, and if it's after, it's like only, only 25 million. Um, the only thing that they could possibly do, uh, would be to trade him after June 1st, uh, in order to just not, be completely bent over the cap. Um, as far as the decision between Hertz and Hint, like, I mean, sure. Like, let's see, see what, see what Hertz can do. Like, have fun. You're, you're not going anywhere this year. You, <laughs> you really know, you know who Wentz is, right? Like, you've seen his ceiling. Now you've seen his floor and you're going to have to decide, um, <clears throat> depending on what Hertz does over the next couple of weeks, uh, if they give him a chance, you're going to have to make that decision at the end of the year. But I think it's a real, um, a, a real mistake if they don't at least see, regardless of what you think about Hertz, you have to, you, you spent a pick on him. You need to see, uh, what he can do in a season that's like very obviously, uh, lost at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the, um, you know, I mean, the NFC East is so bad that like the Giants are leading with a, what, a five and seven record now? Oh yeah. And Colt McCoy. Yeah. Um, so it's not like the Eagles are mathematically eliminated or anything, but it's also not like with the way Wentz has been playing, going to Hertz is a downgrade. So, I mean, even if you think you're going to, you're going to reel off a couple wins here and make the playoffs. Maybe Hertz gives you a better chance to do that anyway. Yeah, for sure. So. I I think they, they play the saints next week. Uh, I think that's going to be rather ugly. Um, and, and will probably sort of be the, be the nail in the coffin. Like I, like I said, I, I think that there's, uh, there are very obvious reasons to see, what Hertz has, like you said, if it does give them a boost, then, then great. Maybe they can, you know, win three of the last four and potentially, I don't know, what would that even put them at? Like, this is such a joke that the NFC East even gets a playoff <laughs> team. Like, 
they maybe could go like six, nine, and one and win. Like that's absurd. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I mean, the interesting thing. Well, I'm not going to say interesting. It's just sadness all around. The the fact that the like the Eagles are by all accounts healthy relative to the rest of these teams and losing is ridiculous. Right? You got you got one team that basically lost uh let's see, Haskins gets benched and you get Kyle Allen as an IR and Alex Smith, a guy with no leg, comes back and he's winning games. <laughs> you have you have Daniel Jones who, you know, he's, he's Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy is winning games and then you have like Dallas without Dak. Um I don't know man. I, I I'm really I was a fan of Hurst in college, but like the way he kind of ended up getting completely usurped by Tua and then I think he also got usurped in Oklahoma by, by I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, like by Kyler. Um, just, I don't think he's a particularly great quarterback prospect. Um, I'm just looking at the NFL draft and seeing who they selected Hurts ahead of. And, um, there's a couple of guys here who went a little later who you would think that this team, you know, should have drafted, but I guess he didn't decided they didn't really want Denzel Mims or, you know, any of these guys, uh, I mean, Denzel Mims specifically because of how late, uh, of a pick, um, Hurts was. And I remember at the time, a lot of people were saying, well, you could potentially flip Hurts. You know, you don't even have to play him. You could potentially sort of keep him. He's a good QB prospect. Maybe you could flip him for a first. I don't think so, man. Like, he did not look good, uh, per se today. Uh, he, you know, they couldn't get anything going. Um, outside of one big Greg Ward play. And even then it's hard to tell if that was just the primary reason because it was like the, the team, like the opposing team was just in prevent, like the Packers were in prevent. They just didn't care. So I think that the Hurts pick is just going to go down as a, in a long series of draft pick mistakes. Uh, the Eagles continue to make, right? Like, um, the only downside risk here is that like they won't even be able to recoup the second round for Hurts. You're gonna get end up with like a sixth if your dream was to really trade him. And I I don't know how viable of a backup quarterback he is. Uh he looked like he had zero chemistry with uh Miles Sanders, who's somehow now their primary offensive weapon. And that's kinda sad because he's not very good and they really were using <laughs> Jordan Howard ahead of him. What were your thoughts on that one, Matt? Like this backfield, like this entire offense is it's like it feels like it's irreparably broken to where to where like all parties need to just move on yeah i mean there there's literally no redeeming qualities here like no matter no matter what you're looking at uh with them like maybe i don't know like who's even who's even good like (laughs) which eagles are good and like I don't know. I, I think that I think they probably at this point will uh, just need to they they will just need to blow it up in the off season if they can if they can get anything um, out of Hertz down the stretch and they wanna wanna flip either him or Wentz and then just you know just get just start start acquiring uh, draft picks and hope that you. I uh, hope that you make better decisions uh, in the next uh, next crack that you get at this. Given their history, my guess is no. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on Apple Podcasts. Special thanks once again to Matt Jones. You can follow him on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. For Hassan Rahim on Twitter at HRR5010. I'm Blair Andrews at Am I the Real Blair? Thanks for listening.
The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.